The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you have heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings, we are back, if not a day late, because you know we all just got things to do. Representing BK to the fullest. Indeed. Uh, uh, looking for the cash register. Where'd you go, <laughs> cash register? There it is. I'd say it sounds sounds like a reorganization is in order. <laughs> you know, I said the same same thing for myself. I was like, damn, this, this thing's got another hand. Um, <laughs> but yes, folks, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. <laughs> You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, where it helps people find our show. Yes. Um, as Agent 70 said, we... Oh, wait, actually, let me finish up the spiel. Yeah, so... Um, actually, this is a good time to mention that we normally re- record on uh, Thursday nights, uh, which we are coming to you on a Friday night this week. And next week will probably be similar because of movie protocol. Um, I know. But normally we'd be on uh, the uh, YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash the Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles when we do record. That's right. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live, especially when we are broadcasting and recording at times different from our normally scheduled times, like movie protocol and when life gets in the way. Indeed. And speaking of times changing, hey, don't forget, I I will say this again later on in the show, but don't forget, this Sunday is Daylight Savings Time Change, so uh, make sure you, you, uh, you get that out of the way. Uh, Saturday night yes, before you go to are, bed. Yes, we are falling back. So mm-hmm. you will. I know a lot of people don't like it. They don't like getting, you know, you know, being in darkness more often. But I, I, I truly do appreciate that extra hour of sleep. Yeah. So cash register on that. Un- until it settles in and then you're like, well, it's just now what it is. <laughs> so, but folks, tonight... 
excuse me, we have a plethora, a bevy of good stuff we're starting off with, which um, we're going to start off with a spoiler-free recap of Loki Season 2, Episode 5, the penultimate episode, which is called Science Slash Fiction. Yes, forward slash fiction. So, and boy, did it really hit hit that note right off the right on the head. So, um, it's hard to speak about this episode because, mm-hmm. in a sense, in a sense, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to see how they're going to finish off this particular season with only one episode left at this point, but. But there are, I think, pretty strong hints at what they want to do right at the end of the story, right at the end of this particular episode. Mm -hmm. What they do, how they pull it off remains to be seen. That's got to be a humdinger of a final episode. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'll hand hand the baton off to you with this. I found of all the performances in this episode, Kihui Kwan's performance the best mm, yeah it, i agree it was just, it you know he was just like you know what I, you know what i'm gonna you know not i'm gonna sciencey explain like pseudoscience explain all of this <laughs> right right so i had a, a a theory that i posed to uh agent 70 about what was going to happen in this episode and i was and happily happy to be wrong but at the same time it was kind of one of the moments right off the bat where it's like, oh, right, this thing. Right. That's how they, that's how, and they they said, like, after the last episode, was like, yeah, or they said in, I think, the last episode, was like, it's all going to make sense, which is, I felt like was a nod to the audience knowingly, uh, you know, as to to the way this was going to go. And, and they were right so far because of the way this episode kind of, kind of plays itself off um, if you think about going back to the beginning of the series uh, season, like oh right. right, this now that now it all makes sense to a point, right? And and I'll tell you that I did not expect to see this much spaghettification. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> right, because I was like, huh? I was like, wow, we're getting a lot of spaghettification. <laughs> Holy cow! Right, right, right. Because it was yeah, because it was one of one of those things. Like, wait, so we already had one episode that seemed like it was kind of going um a kind of type of way, which was the last episode, and now it's like, wait, are they just going to continue doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but until the end, you know, where it was like the I want to call it a come to Jesus moment, but that's not it. But the, the, let's just say there might be a similarity there <laughs> in this particular reality uh, at this time. Uh, that might be somewhat close um, to, to keep it kind of spoiler spoiler free. But I will say there, what it seems to me is that the end of this episode seems to be uh, thankfully leaning into, let's just say, a current comic book um, characterization for the title character. Or at least currently up until recently. Yeah, I can see that. Roddicat mentioned this in our uh, pre-show production meeting. And I I find myself inclined to agree. But in a 
in in the MCU in a very MCU way right. of replicating that and creating their own version of it. Right. So, you know, one would think because usually it goes it's been going the other way around, and there's a couple there's there's you know a book of, or two that still holds to that to that case. But in this case, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they kind of looked into that and it's like kind of let's use that for this coming out of the end of the series. You know, whether it still continues to hold true after the next episode, and we'll probably go into more what does what that means the next episode. Um, and if you're not really up on the the current status of uh, Loki in, in the the comics, it, anything we just said probably doesn't mean that much to you anyway, right? So, but nevertheless, for some good episode, continues to be some good, great acting, like uh, Agent Seventy said, uh, um, um, uh uh um Kwan. thank you um his his uh his performance in this particular episode just in general but in this particular episode was was great there was still some 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 great acting going on in this one yeah i feel like almost weirdly enough second even though i'm not crazy about owen williams because it's just owen like him. yeah that's what's it all right that's what i thought it said. he's owen, owen williams yeah he's oh. at owen williams okay it's okay yeah, well, actually, Owen Williams. Uh, no, uh, Owen Wilson. His acting, he's just because he's kind of one of those that's like he just kind of acts like him. But at the same time, he felt like he did some things in this particular episode, acting wise. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and once you see what I'm talking about, you'll you'll kind of understand. But yeah, I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure what they wanted to do with Sylvie once they brought her back into this series. Right. So. It's kind of, you know, maybe maybe the final episode will really cement everything for me. I suspect that it will. Mm-hmm. That's um, the hope, right? And I feel like, and, and maybe I'll be wrong. There's going to end up being only if any, if if any one of us survives this next episode, then um, there will be only one coming out of this. <laughs> Um, and may or may not either slightly rewrite the current state of the uh, MCU or, you know, just kind of keep us on a track in, within a certain respect. Like, there's still right. some things that are up in the day. We talked uh, uh, before the show about some things that are up in the air that's, that's in the news, which we won't go in, uh, into anything about, but because you already know if you if you keep up with this stuff. Yep. But whether this show had any time to kind of uh, adjust the course on certain things or not, we will see because we do know there's been hubbub lately about you know, what's going on uh, behind the scenes going towards uh, right. whatever movies they're getting towards or right. the movies we know we they're getting towards. Right. Folks, we don't know how good we had it. When the most hubbub in the MCU was getting rid of Ed Norton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah. Which you I know, can... when that was the worst when that was the craziest and worst thing going on, man, we had it good back then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. So moving on, uh, you know, as President Bartley would ask. What's next? Uh, so, yeah. Both Roddy Cat and I actually watched season two, episode one of Invincible mm-hmm. earlier tonight. 
And we will not spoil it because obviously it did just drop just the other day, right? Yesterday uh, or yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. So we're not going to spoil it too badly. Um, what I will start out the conversation with is um, there is a fake out at the beginning of the episode. Um, <laughs> you know, don't get don't get uh, too discouraged. When you watch the beginning of the episode, because it is a bit of a fake out. I mean, uh, yes and no. Right. It's a bit of a fake. That's why I said yeah. it's a bit of a fake out. Right. right. Um, it's a bit. I don't I won't explain how. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say, though, is I did not realize that Invincible also borrowed this concept that's in every comic book universe now, that of the multiverse. Yeah. So that was the part I was going to just say. It was like, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll understand once you get to the certain part. And Agent 70 just kind of summed that up just now because, yeah, there is that thing. I don't know. if See, that's just it. I'm not I don't know enough about the comic book to know whether it does or not. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. 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 So same. Same, 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 same. That's fact, why I said I wasn't sure. I didn't realize. In fact, it and, kind of make me, makes me curious to read. I've been saying that since this, this, this series has started way back when, uh, way back when. But, you know, kind of make me curious to know whether uh, if that is indeed the case or whether that's something right, for that's the part, show. Right, if that's part of the canon in the comic book story, right? Right. And actually, speaking of, um, uh, I, I know Agent 70 is going to watch this at some point. I So I watched the Adam Eve special before the, uh, before... Uh, watching this episode which you if you've watched that you won't have to worry about going into this or even if you haven't watched that you won't have to worry about going into anything at least so far uh from that special but which was good uh going into this particular episode of uh season one uh season two excuse me uh episode one uh both of both pretty good for for probably similar reasons i guess you guess you could say because the Everything you you um you kind of know about the series so far is was definitely still going on in that uh uh series. Even I don't I can't tell they may have stepped up on the music game a little bit because um especially which well I won't spoil it. There's a song that some most people might know that plays during the course of this episode that kind of took me back to a place in time and that has absolutely nothing to do with when the song actually came out. <laughs> oh no. So, um, but it was like, but between that and, um, well, between that and the, um, the Adam Eve special and actually Loki had some couple of, a couple of music notes. So I was like, huh, all right, there's mm. some, 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 some things going on here. There's some, in, some choice, uh, pieces of music being pl- played here. Um, but that being said, like I said, uh, inevitable, uh, invincible, was good. The only thing that kind of messed me up as I was going to tell Agent 70 earlier was the fact that and I don't know if this was for this particular episode or not they didn't do something you would have expected them to do going into the episode on a couple of, for a couple of different reasons. One in particular you'll you'll notice after a while if you if you uh if you look for it. So, okay. Otherwise, that it was, um, yeah, pretty good stuff. You know, we is is definitely uh, taken up after season the season one ending. So if you haven't seen season one and know how it, how that uh, played out, yeah, you might want to check that. Or if you don't remember, you know, hey, that show's worth a good re- revisit. I mean, that season's worth a good revisit. It's not terribly long, although the you know 
what was it? What you say? How long it was? It was like forty eight minutes or something like that. It was you know almost a yeah. I mean, I mean that's obviously including credits. So right. let's 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 hack out like four or five minutes. So it was still over forty minutes long. Yeah, but still long enough. As Agent Seventy said yeah. before the show, longer than a normal animated uh, show. Right. But they can do that with because of, you know, how what they're doing with this, which I'm not mad at, you know. And even Agent 70 said before, it was like, hey, you don't really notice the time. So mm-hmm. which is the you only of, notice that it's longer than a normal animated episode. Right. So it, it doesn't really kind of overstay its welcome. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you, you kind of get into it. And then by, uh, then after a time, it's like, oh, well, here you go. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. But yeah, good stuff. Um, hopefully folks can be able to get to uh, check it out and we'll definitely be talking about it. Well, we, yeah, we will be talking about it next week because I think depending on when it comes out, um, on Friday, we may be able to watch it and talk about it next week. Right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll uh, see. It should be out in time. Yeah. actually, Because we won't be recording until Friday evening and our, you know, our hope is that it's out in time. Right. That's funny. I am looking at an article from <laughs> Men's Health of all um, of all places that has. Hey, Amazon got that money to pay for you know articles being written to feature you know. I guess so. Stuff in different publications. Indeed. So, so yeah, Friday does definitely look to be the release schedule. I'm not sure about. Oh, wait, so episodes usually release on Fridays, but usually hit Amazon Prime Video on Thursday nights. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily say what time, so it could be after midnight or whatever the case may be. Right, like 3 a.m. just the way, you know, 3 a.m. Eastern. Right. So, so yeah, we might be able to to, to catch it before we uh, record next week. But yeah, week after that, no such thing. Um. In either way, we are going to push on into uh, the books of the week. Uh, before I actually, I need to go back to, to Loki, like really, 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 really quick because I just thought about it. I don't know if did you stay until the credits to the end of the credits, or specifically the the English credit. I don't recall. Hmm. What, did, what, what happened? So it was. So it wasn't. Um, so. You know, you go through the mid credits, and then you get to the, the black the black screen credits, and then you get to right before you get to the Marvel logo. Right before the Marvel logo, you hear a sound bite from what uh, from a video game. Let's just say, which oh. there is there was a like a two second blink when you make reference to that uh, in the show, but you hear that, and then the Marvel logo comes up, and that's pretty much all you uh, you get until it goes into the you know. The, the international credits. Interesting. Yeah, so I was like, huh, that was weird and interesting, but I don't know what that means in the thing, or they just so happen to just threw it in there. Was it Galaga? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was it was one in relation to the show, put it that way. It was it's not a, an actual, you know, uh, arcade one that we would know in real life. Understood. So, but there's that. Now then, we're going to get into the books. Uh, as I pull up the covers, we're going to start off with uh, X Men number twenty-eight. X Men number twenty-eight is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Joshua Kassara. 
colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VC's Clayton Cowell. So, I'd like to start off the conversation with the cover. The action depicted on the cover actually happens in the issue. Something <laughs> that likes to talk about. Uh, my legacy. <laughs> I love it. My impact. I love it. I love it. <laughs> because as I pulled it up, I was like, oh, look at that. It, this mm-hmm. actually does happen. Yep. Uh, what I like about this issue, and it's a strong conden- contender for Click of the Week for me, is that a lot of the various plot threads that have been running through the fall of X, the fall of Krakoa, are picked up in this issue. Various threads. And it does good for fans of this era of X-Men to read this issue because it does move things along. This is definitely a key issue in, when it comes to this um, fall of the X-Men or fall of X storyline. Definitely. You cannot miss this one because a lot of pieces that are moving al- along the chessboard are, are, are in play in this issue. Everyone from Firestar to Dr. Stasis to even the juggernaut, you know, as, as, as I said earlier, um, the, what happens on the cover specifically Firestar and juggernaut actually does happen in the issue, but it's not what you think. So, and I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat with that. Yeah. Um, there's actually not much else to say about that. I, I, I also believe this is a potential, uh, click of the week. Um, it's what the thing I found funny about this issue was that it starts off. It's kind of one of the things that starts off that has no, absolutely nothing to do with what's on the cover one and, and two, Something that I don't recall when that happened. So, and I meant to ask Agent 70 about, about that. I am assuming it has something to do with uh, X-Men Red, because that's where that character was um, for, a good long, for a good time. But I don't remember, like, wait, how did they, how did they? I, I, didn't even, I totally forgot that the character wasn't even around. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of how, how, how bad it was for me. But nevertheless... Mm-hmm. So you got a couple of pages with a character and then... Yeah, it was you know, definitely red. It was defi- I think that happened in red. Yeah, I kind of figured because, like I said, I knew, I knew that's where that character was. Um, yeah. And then something happens and then cut scene to what goes into the rest of the story, which was, yeah, which is nicely done. Um, but it also has me questioning, is a certain character going to make it out of this uh, whole shen- this whole thing alive? Right. And I'm kind of wondering, I feel like they're they're kind of setting up as I know, but I don't know that for certain. Right. No, I get that. I get that feeling too. You hope, you, you know, you hope against hope that, you know, that, uh, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't something that this character won't be able to come back from. Right. You know, so, but yeah, I kind of enjoyed the, the, the setup here. I was like, yeah, that's why those mutants were created in the story you know right like that's why oh you know, this yes is how they were all going to come back you know so yes the, which yeah which brings us to the end of this issue which i which without spoiling because there's a couple of things in here like there's a whole thing with uh the mission with kate and uh kate and kamala who end up right. meeting up with somebody and kate's gonna have kate's attitude throughout this whole thing 
especially when this when this other character <laughs> shows up. Right. I was like, huh, that's not outside the realm of posit- coming of of uh well, I know it feels kind of familiar to going back to her when she was a kid. She was like, wow, she's really getting that tuned up for no reason, but at the same time, you know, she's a little educate now. So Yeah, no, <laughs> I was about to say she's dark Kate. Now. Yes. Um so I so there is that, but there's um but like I said, there's that whole thing and then we get to the end of the um the issue with a very on brand entrance from a certain um Marvel character of note. Yeah. So and I kinda smiled at that. It was like, Yep, it's <laughs> like dude knows how to make an entrance. <laughs> That's, that's that's all we can say. Uh, so you know how he factors into this, which kind of gets teased at the beginning of this issue. Uh, but you know, I didn't think about it up until it was like, oh right, there, there you go. <laughs> now what? Now that makes sense. Why that shows up, or, or why that happens, and but why those characters were created in the first place? Exactly. Why that? You know, it's like oh, that's circling back. You know, right. like as soon as as soon as they mentioned at the beginning of the issue, I was like oh. I know why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It's like, you, you know, they were going to nothing is uh, right. What I was going to say is nothing is ever pointless. Well, there that's are not always times true. when you feel like some characters are introduced for, you know, no good reason, but right. it's like, Oh, okay. We're circling back to them now. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, it's not, that's not always true where there are things that are pointless. Like we can circle back to Zeb Wells. Some of the things Zeb Wells has done on his, ah! on, on um, oh, no! <laughs> Spider-Man. Shots fired. <laughs> Kamala's death. <clears throat> <laughs> But, <laughs> but in but in this case, like yeah, they 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 uh, they played the long con on this one, or a, a somewhat lengthy con on this one. It's like okay, yeah, there we go. They tied it together. The point yeah. is, they tied the loop. You know, they they tied the the, the ends of the loop together. Right. So. so we'll we'll see what happens in the next issue or wherever they end up next. That being said, we can move on to the next book, which is um. Wait, did you say the you did say the creative? team for this book did you i did i'll do it very quickly it is again uh written by jerry duggan with art by joshua cassara colors by marte gracia and letters by vcs clayton cowles mm-hmm. what's our next our next book is ultimate universe number one ultimate universe number one is written by jonathan hickman with art by stefano caselli art uh colors by david curiel and letters by vcs Joe Caramagna, our favorite, our favorite lettering Python. So, Roddy Cat and I read this book right before recording tonight's show. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a very interesting read. I feel like the prelude miniseries to this issue all of a sudden made a lot more sense after reading this issue yeah it just did it just did so i think all of my misgivings about that prelude miniseries were kind of put aside by having read this first issue (laughs) because i think this first issue really solidified some of the concepts that Hickman's going to try to use to freshen up the concept of the ultimate universe, at least. Right. 
Um, I, if you are, if you have been with this program for some length of time, you will know our history and how, uh, and our feelings about Hickman book. Uh, and it still stands to reason here, you know, we have genuinely liked Hickman's output, uh, that we've read, uh, yep. And uh, everything I just haven't said it definitely holds true. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, you, it was kind of one of those things like we knew that book was going somewhere, but we did not know at the time that they were that they were going to pretty much open this can of worms back up again. Right. Uh, and t- to what extent they were going to, if, and, you know, to which we now starting to know, you know, we because of this book, we're starting to get that sense of that. Uh, and yeah, being that it's a Hickman book and being, you know, it's been favorable in the house so, so far, you know, um, uh, so far. Yeah. It's still kind of, and it is, I, as I told agent 70 in, in, as I explained, uh, cause he asked me, it was like, well, how's the book? Uh, and I was like, well, it's a, well, I didn't say it at this time, but I did say, I think after, after that, the last issue of that last, uh, miniseries, then it still stands the reason here, which is a Hickman book. So it is not a breezy read. Yeah. But it also, in the same time, is an interesting read, which is, which right. is you know, so it is. Very, I would also, I would also right. say that I think the Prelude miniseries is required reading. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think the Prelude miniseries is definitely mm-hmm. required reading. You cannot jump into this cold because there are a couple of concepts that will be just unknowable until you read that prelude miniseries so you should go back to that mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah because if you if you remember anything about the original ultimate universe um there are some different there are some differences from that to this even mm-hmm. within the universe uh as as to how this played out and that gets uh uh bared out in that miniseries so you will definitely would want to know that going into mm-hmm. this so Otherwise that I'm still looking forward to seeing what, how, what, you know, what their long-term plans for this universe is. Part of me still kind of wish I'm like, okay, if you were going to hit Hickman on a book, why not give get on a universe, which I mean, this is granted, this was his, ba- his, his thing he wanted to do. Bring back the new universe. It could use some love. <sighs> I mean, I, listen. At the end of the day, they—he's—he's he's picked up some pieces from the new universe. He's done yes. it himself. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right? He's already done it, so maybe that's why he just didn't. You know, he, he went to another kind of, you know, uh, dormant Marvel property and chose to do something fun with that. You know, yeah, we'll see what? if what he does is actually fun. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like I said, there's there's bound to be some interest. And I know he is doing I think he's doing this book and he's doing Spider-Man. If I'm not mistaken. So uh, which I think might be the next book out of the uh, out of the pack. But yeah, but my thing was like, yeah, sure. There there were concepts from the new universe that, that kind of came into Hickman's run and then dropped never to be seen right. that much more. Uh, right. shortly or somewhat after that, but you know, just I'm just saying, the new universe was not a bad universe. It could have, it could have been something. They could have done something <laughs> like it could have been tender. Exactly. So, like, I, I would love to see what Hickman was would do with that. Maybe that could be a you know, maybe next 
anniversary that could happen or you know you know or maybe they'll give that to jet mckay if they do anything with new york or they just drop it all, to, all right all together regardless here we are here now with the, this uh back to the ultimate universe all right so and with that um i guess we can go into rapid fire of which we still have a couple of books uh, uh in common there we go Rapid fire time. Rapid fire reviews. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. It's kind of a quiet publishing week, so we don't have too many books to get through. First up is Avengers number seven. It's written by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Via, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. This is a book that Roddy Cat and I both read, so we will both have a little bit to say about it. Uh, very, you know what? I definitely need to pull a soundbite of Madison because we seem to have incorporated her bit of "It's not what you think," you know, or "It's not what you think," right? Into uh, our our vocabulary, our lexicon here on the Comic Book Chronicles. That's what the very first part of this issue is. It's essentially a fake out, but it's not the it's not really a fake out because ultimately there is a character in play who is afflicting, who is uh, tormenting the Avengers. And we find out that um, the problems that the Avengers are facing are coming from two fronts. So that is essentially what happens in this issue. Anything else you got on it? Right. I was going to say that the character that does come in has popped up here and there, most recently in the X corner, um, getting getting their behind handed to them, and also at some points in another book that of uh, of which they would have normally have come across, but uh, we'll talk about it in a second. But they not, but they're not there now. But um, yeah, that the fake out, or as I just said, not unlike how the um, uh, the um, the the uh, season two episode one of uh, Invincible kind of starts off. Yeah, interestingly enough. Um, yeah, it has echoes of that for certain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then it goes into the rest of it, and it's like, so if you have read, which uh, Jed McKay wrote the last couple of uh, the Timeless books, the last Timeless book from last year around this time, or well, this last year, uh, December. Uh, kind of had bits and pieces of stuff that are coming out throughout the year. One of which kind of shows up in this book. Right. Uh, which I, I think was the main one of that book. Now that I think about it. So, right, right, but, right. No, you're absolutely right. But, uh, from what I un- understand about this particular, um, issue, I want to say it's, I might be wrong about this. It might be one part, one of two issues mm. because we had talked about this, um, uh, this issue because of, uh, if you're watching the video version, the 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 front and center character um, of the issue. So, uh, if that still holds out to be the case, or whatever the case may be, it, it is uh, it seems going to be centered around this character and possibly another one of the Avengers roster while they deal with um, what is going on. But it was a pretty good read, you know. Uh, Jed McKay is still doing this thing on his book, and so. Um, and whatever other timeless things that might end up bearing out in the pages of Avengers, which he has in store, we'll, we'll see as it goes along. 
I'm just going to show really, really quick, though, a couple of um, uh, variant covers. That one right there, which is Refron Corner from uh, Leo Castanelli. Um, and another one, which both of which are kind of my favorites at this particular point. Uh, there's another one from um, Marcos Martin Knight, which uh, is, I guess, a Knight's End, which, of course, shows the wackos um, prom slightly prominently. And um, yeah, I'm just saying, love it. <laughs> That's all I'm getting. The other cover also kind of has some, um, some, some wackos on the cover. So like, all right, I see. I see what they're doing here. I appreciate it. Good. Sounds right. good. Next up, though. Next up, and really last in rapid fire for me, is Doctor mm -hmm. Strange number nine. It's also written by Jed McKay, mm -hmm. with art by Pasquale Ferry, colors by Heather Moore, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So I will lead off our rapid fire review of this by saying that I missed Doctor Strange number seven. I need to circle back and read it because I think that contains valuable information that I continue to be reading Doctor Strange without. Mm. So. This issue is a lot of magical battling, and it's beautifully portrayed by Pasquale Ferry. Yeah. The art and the colors in this by Heather Moore are outstanding. Outstanding. Simply outstanding. You know, depicting magical battles is not easy. This art team does a masterful job of doing it. And interestingly enough, and we've mentioned this in talking about Doctor Strange number eight, uh, something from the X corner of the Marvel universe has come into the Doctor Strange corner and is um, playing a small role, you know, not an insignificant role. And uh, I will say that the end of the issue uh, finishes with a kind of fun cliffhanger. <laughs> yes. It's time to get freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Roddy Cat, I believe, read Seven, so he probably has a much fuller understanding of everything that is happening. But I just need to go, I need to circle back and, and get our copy of it and, and read it. Yeah. I've, I recall you saying, mentioning the same thing when, uh, uh, when Eight happened. And yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, I mean, don't. I know what you're missing, but it's how much of that is going to play. In, well, it'll play into your a, a little understanding of what's going on here. But yeah, um, it'll give you a little bit of something. Right. Uh, it just feels like there's something missing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I'm just kind of like, oh, what, 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 what? How did we get here? Wait, who? You know? So that's all. Yeah, because I think that that's pretty much the intro of how of, of yeah. Of, of things let's just say so right. uh, that being said um yeah the as agent 70 said the art was great in here the stuff uh art popped i know here and um going into the book that i'm about to talk to talk about in a second actually yes that one piece of uh little piece of x-men corner uh business shows up a couple of times this week uh funnily yep. enough um but yeah dark strange good is good uh he's got a little fun assist at the end and uh Good stuff. Next up for myself as I start my books is, uh, as we continue with the, the Magic Corner, actually, Scarlet Witch number 10, uh, written by Steve Orlando, with art by Sarah Pacelli, color artist Frank William, and uh, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So this is the last issue of this particular volume. 
uh, before going into the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver book that we talked about last week, if I'm not mistaken, that is going to, um, I think it's either next month or next, uh, or the beginning of next year is when that book's going to start. But uh, this is pretty much the, I guess, the culmination of where this was going, uh, which and the new character that had been introduced in the pages of Scarlet Witch uh, called Hexfinder. So basically, it is a another magic battle uh, with, uh, but it's not necessarily magic per se. It's magic versus alchemy, mm. uh, and also as a, uh, as uh, going leaning, going back to what uh, eighteen seventy said about Doctor Strange. That's a self-same piece of uh, X-Men thing plays a small part here as well. Actually, funny, big part. And may or may not have have been made, there's been a change made to said property of said said item uh, coming out of this. To what... Um, to what way that's going to play into the larger part of the Marvel Universe. I don't know whether this is going to be one of the things that's going to end up bringing back Magneto, as we know there's going to be a resurrection of uh, coming soon. I don't know, but... Or whether this is going to play into the next volume of Scarlet Witch book with uh, Quicksilver. Probably. Don't know. But they, they did that for a reason. So I would say that. But regardless, we get a little bit of um, backstory on the the, uh, the on the adversary. We kind of get a tie off a loose end to um, to a person's arc in this book um, before coming out of the this before coming out of the, and possibly setting up the next volume of uh, Scarlet Witch and, and uh, Quicksilver. Like I said, so we will see how that uh, how that uh, plays out in the next volume. Next up, White Widow number one. So, fine day for a White Widow, some would say. Um, oh, no. Written by Sarah Gailey, art by Alessandro. I was about to say, is that, is, is that our, uh, our, our first? It's Billy Idol, right? Is that, is that our first Billy Idol reference? It's not our first, because I feel like I've done that one before. But, yeah, it's the okay. first one recently, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel very confident there, there's been a Billy Idol reference in past in, in a past episode. That's um, funny. But yeah, um, art by Alessandro Miracolo, color artist Matt Mella, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So um, this one kind of came out of the blue that I that I can recall, um, and I'm not entirely sure how. Uh, actually, I should probably look that up how many issues this is going to be because I don't think this is an ongoing for Yelena of which uh, this is a book that is um, about Yelena Belova um, the heretofore white widow as she's going by now Uh, but it also seems to be setting up uh, her going into the Thunderbolts and that could very well be movie and book uh, it is it's amusing. She kind of finds her in a place where she's trying to, you know, figure some things out. We got a nice little Cap, Captain America cameo at the beginning of the, the book that kind of starts this off. Uh, but we also have some interesting MCU ties uh, that uh, if you you look around might be the case. 
Um, and that's kind of funny. Include one in including, let's just say her, um, her last showing in a certain MCU book, uh, with a certain character might have been referenced, uh, in the pages of this book. But, um, but the short straw is that, yeah, she's kind of trying to figure out some things, uh, as she's, uh, kind of make, trying to make a life for herself. But of course she can't stay away from action as she moves into the small town, but big business kind of comes in and tries to take over. We've kind of seen this before, not only in the pages of comic books, but just in general in, in books and whatnot. For what reason, this is a, 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 a company that, as far as I know, we have not seen in the Marvel Universe before that is coming over here, but they are clearly coming in to, to do some some uh, bad business. Uh, I feel like this also book kind of sort of says, shares a slight little bit of DNA with um, Hawkeye. Uh, book from back, uh, Matt Fraction's book from back in what, like 2012, just a little bit. Um, in more ways than one, actually, now that I'm thinking about something that happened, but uh, it was a pretty good read, kind of fun. You kind of get some touches of what feels like, and maybe that's just a projection of uh, MCU, uh, Yelena, uh, in the course of how she's uh, how she speaks in this, but um. Yeah, like I said, it's a nice read, and again, like I said, I'm not entirely sure how many issues this is going to be, because I don't think this is uh, ongoing. Uh, but uh, it was fun. So I'm looking forward to checking out the the, uh, the next issue. And last book for myself that I just skimmed, so there's really not much for me to say about this until, uh, until I actually potentially read this, actually. Spider-Boy number one, uh, written by Dan Slott. Uh, there are two stories in this. Uh, the first w- with art by Paco Medina. Uh, that's the main story. And colors by Eric Arseniega. And the backup story colors uh, art by Ty Templeton and D-Color kind of doing colors. And of course, all of the lettering is done by VC's Joe Caramagna. Uh, because, you know, it wouldn't be a spider book if... if uh, Caramania wasn't doing the, the lettering. Ah, he's our favorite lettering by son. <laughs> Indeed. Like I said, I just skimmed this uh, because out of curiosity right before the show because we knew this was coming and, you know, whether we wanted it or not. And I kind of want to see what was the deal about it. Uh, as I say in my notes, it seems kind of silly. Um, and it kind of is. And, uh, but uh, we kind of get a little bit more on uh, Spider Boy and his Rose Gallery and a and the adversary of the book, which I believe was mentioned in either Spider Man Annual or something like that, regardless of something. Um, but yeah, we we kind of get a little bit of that. And the backup story has Squirrel Girl in it. That's pretty much all I can I'm gonna say about that because like I said, it was for a skimming book. I feel like that tells you all you really need to know about the backup of, uh, about this whole book right then and there. But Hey, if any of that sounds like something you might be interested in, um, yeah, go for it. I do. I did like uh, in my skimming that there was a, um, nice little jab at, um, brand new day and in, in, in some partial way, uh, the MCU of okay. version of that. So yeah, it was kind of funny, but yeah, like I said, once I go back and read it, I'll, I'll um, 
check it out in full. And that, folks, is it for me. Oh, actually, I will say before I get into, uh, before we go on, let me show this one particular. Uh, da, 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 da. There we go. Luciano Vecchio, uh, Vecchio homage cover of Amazing Fantasy 15. Um, uh, they're right there on your screen. So, not bad. Anyway, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Oh, I'm not, I'm sorry. That that was an uh, Amazing Fantasy. That was. Wait, was that Amazing Fantasy? Was that, uh, was that? No, it wasn't Amazing Fantasy. It was um, uh, Fantastic Four, whatever issue that was. Anyway, regardless, Clicks of the Week. Um, I was about to say, I think I know what you're talking about. Now, as soon as you mentioned, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't have the uh, I don't have the video feed in front of me all the time, folks. So I'm kind of like flying blind here. So I just gotta, you know, as soon as Ryder can mention, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I know what he's speaking of. Anyway, back to our clicks of the week, and I think I said what mine is going to be because I don't have much of a selection this week, but I do have to give Ultimate Universe a lot of credit for selling me on this concept. That Hickman is trying his best to reinvigorate. But I will say that X-Men number 28 is my click of the week. Simply because I really like that it picked up so many of the the dangling plot threads that X-Men is so famous for. And kept pushing the fall of X-Story forward. Yeah. This is true. This is true. As I show uh, a couple of other uh, variant covers. And take that down. So yeah. Um for myself. Um hmm. I think I might hmm. Well actually, hmm. Ultimate Universe definitely is a contender, and that White Widow book was was pretty fun. Uh so I'm kind of teetering in between those two. Mm-hmm. Um and for different reasons, because they're 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 totally they're they're far from each other. So, um, don't know. Uh, I think I am actually going to. Oops, sorry about that, folks. I think I am actually going to go with. Ultimate Universe number one, but definitely you should nice. check out. Yeah, definitely you should check out that White Water book because it, it was a it was a pretty fun read, um, for certain. And with that, folks, we're going to go into the news. But first, an ad read. Okay, folks, our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicle Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. 
Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Cinematic news, folks. We're starting off with a fan favorite 90s cartoon is apparently in the comeback. And that cartoon is Doug. Um, so apparently the, the cartoon's creator, Jim Jenkins, uh, has an update uh, on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems uh, uh, the, the, um, the creator said he was encouraged to pursue a sequel after speaking with an, uh, an executive at Disney. And the push glads the creator to craft a sequel pitch and follows Doug as an adult. And if it all pans out, hey, it's probably going to happen um, with Doug and Patty Mayonnaise uh, as Patty Mayonnaise raised their kids. Kind of a girl meets world situation, sounds like. Um, so, yeah. 90s kids rejoice, I guess. Next up. I guess. I guess. All right. Uh, Marvel unveiled today. A violent trailer for Echo, its first TV mature rated show. The series starring Alaco Cox will always be will also be Marvel Studios' first to debut on Hulu in addition to Disney. So uh they're supposed to both uh get the Echo show, Disney Plus and Hulu, on January tenth, twenty twenty four, and all episodes will be streaming on that day. So um, Roddy Cat and I watched this trailer just before starting tonight's recording so and broadcast, so uh, we can speak on it and say that it definitely looks Daredevil-esque, gritty, yep. and, you know, we'll see how it turns out. I, 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 I don't have, like, great feelings for the character, but I understand why Echo was you know one of the characters they wanted to emphasize because of the diversity because of the 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 power set not being so flashy that they had to pay you know a bunch of money for special effects mm-hmm. you know so i get that i i I, I, th- I thought it was a sound choice obviously you know it, it takes a while for for some of these really lesser known characters to gain any kind of traction yeah like, who would have thought Ant-Man would have been a thing? Right. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and if you haven't watched the uh, trailer yet, which you should, it's it's quite interesting. But if you have watched um, Hawkeye, you will definitely be happy to know that it seems to take definitely take place in a logical place after that, from what mm-hmm. you can tell. A so. very logical place. As and a also, follow-up. Right, and also, and also a the similar comic book version of what happened at the end of that. Let's just say, right. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, next up, uh, now I saw this article, and I thought for for variety, I felt like this was seemed a little hyper, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, might not be terribly wrong. I don't know, but. So I'm re- if you're watching the video version, you can see the title and it says crisis at Marvel, Jonathan Major's backup plans, the Marvel's reshoots, reviving original Avengers and more issues revealed. Uh, basically, this article is kind of going off of um, 
a retreat that Marvel studio or what was uh, reported, let's just say from a Marvel repeat that happened uh, retreat that happened this past um, uh, September and things that may or may not have come about uh, of it that, you know, whatever may be going on. So obviously if you heard the title that some of that is having to do with uh, what's going on with the, uh, Jonathan Major's uh, legal issues and what Marvel Studios may be doing to kind of work around that. Uh, there have been rumors of plans uh, that they're thinking about doing, such as trying to bring back uh, some original uh, MCU characters or people uh, for whatever odd reason, which doesn't sound like that's a good thing, but I don't know. Uh, and various other things that this article, uh, and, you know, and like I said, Marvel's reshoots and various other things that this article kind of goes into um, with the current state of the MCU or what could potentially um, go into the, or what this article believes the state of the MCU is and, and Marvel Studios' uh, juggling of it, let's just say. You can check it out um, uh, in the show notes. Next up. All right. I'm going to have to give this article a read because uh, I'd heard about it. I heard mm. people talking about her podcast referencing it. And right. I just had not had time yet to read it. So I want to give this a, a, a read. Yeah. All righty. Walt Disney Animation Studios production workers have voted to unionize in a labor board election. Good for them. So about half a year after they went public with their organizing drive, Walt Disney Animation Studios production workers have voted to unionize. 63 production employees have voted to join the Animation Guild in a National Labor Relations Board ballot count. Good for them. I was about to say, Viva la Union. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh... Speaking of Disney, Disney decided to buy full control of Hulu in a deal with Comcast. Apparently, um, this is coming from the Hollywood Reporter, and this is saying that uh, they will, they might have to pay eight point six one billion dollars for the other uh, third of the percent of the company, uh, and that deal is expected to close in twenty twenty four. What does that say for Hulu uh, going forward? Who is to say? But, yeah, um, I guess that would mean they would have controlling stake of it because I can't, I think NBC is still involved with Hulu. I think. You know, they're buying out, I think, NBC Universal. Or did they already buy Universal? Yeah, I think the last bit? no, but yeah. no, I think. But I think what I think is that I think I, I, I don't remember the sequence, but I know that that's in play. Sure. Either that's already happened or is about to happen. Right. So there was a, yeah, there was a filing uh, Wednesday, and that's still kind of going through, but we won't know wh- uh, uh, when it goes. Well, it's supposed to go final if it goes if all goes through next uh, next year. So we will have more news on that uh, probably in. By next year so yeah like i said what it does for uh the state of hulu and the uh, as we talked about before the show the rising prices of disney plus 
Um, who knows? But anyway, next up. Um, next up. Go for it. Next up. Happy Godzilla Day, everybody. Happy Godzilla Day. This is an anniversary of the premiere of the first movie, Gojira, uh, otherwise known as Godzilla, King of the Monsters in the West. So, In honor of that falling on November 3rd every year, Pluto TV unveiled its Godzilla Day programming. So it is today Godzilla Day. And so Pluto TV has been streaming all sorts of Godzilla movies on their channel. I mean, they, that's what they do. They have a, a dedicated channel, but they've also been doing on their Shout TV channel, airing Masters of Monsters, a four-hour marathon hosted by horror filmmaker John Carpenter. And as part of the marathon, the channel will air Gojira, Rodan, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster, and The War of the Gargantuas. So, yeah, there's lots of regular Godzilla channel stuff also um also at the end of the day i don't know if you have a separate story about this well i think we did feature one about the uh, the monarch show that's coming out in a couple of weeks november 17th yes i don't have anything for it this week but i have been seeing or hearing the uh trailers for it i, I i'm pretty sure we talked about the trailer yes. for it. i just wanted to mention that mm-hmm. the trailer's out there you can watch it it's kind of fun so because because it's been out there for a little while it's not it's not like current it's not like it's not like it dropped this week but uh it has been out there and it is in advance of that show dropping on apple tv plus on i believe november 17th mm-hmm. you that's the date so Sounds right. uh you know uh, there's there's plenty of godzilla stuff out there folks it's it's, it's a lot of fun yeah, I believe I talked about that trailer either the week you weren't here or the week after we you came back. I can't remember, but definitely we did talk about it. Um, but yeah, in addition to the, the, the Godzilla Day stuff that was just still going on as of as of while we're recording, I think uh, um, Shout Factory's Toku Shoutsu Twitch channel is probably playing some Godzilla stuff as as we speak, and they did actually replay part of that uh master master of monsters uh special because i think it's the same one that they did last year so i don't think because from what i saw of that there was no new footage and they played um uh Ghidorah, the three-headed monster uh at the time that i saw it but i'm pretty sure they they went and did the whole thing today on that channel so yeah uh definitely check that stuff out godzilla Good franchise in, in spots. <laughs> ah, I mean, you know, I'm just saying there's a couple of laws. You know that. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is there, but you know, yeah, the, the last we said about it, I'm actually kind of interested in that slightly interested in that Monarch uh, legacy of the monsters show. Uh, given the, I guess the current state of the, the monsterverse that we've had for, with those last few movies. So, and while I still have a um, Apple TV Plus for the next oh. couple of months, I will probably check it out uh, with uh, everything right. else. So that's right. That's right. That's right. We'll see. Next up, though, we hit uh, Anime Corner. All righty, it is Anime Corner. Let me find a good transition for that. You know, Roddy Cat really gets a kick out of me playing these. 
indeed i'm gonna take these uh first three sure by all related. means i'm like who what because they're related <laughs> um and i'm also excited uh about this show solo leveling tv anime reveals uh hiroyuki sawano's uh opening theme um in uh uh you know in advance of the sh- the anime uh premiering next year or officially uh, um coming out next year but the opening theme song is called level which is uh which is in the trailer in this article i have not listened to it because i kind of want to go into it you know the opening of a, uh, an anime is a special thing like sure you can you can you know check it out now but at the same time like i kind of just want to wait <laughs> um but this article and the next article also goes into the fact that uh solo leveling is going to get uh, a worldwide premiere event next month actually which will be the first two episodes of the show uh that will be shown in tokyo and south korea on december 10th followed by uh los angeles on december 14th um and it goes into where those, those showings are going to be um actually that's not that that's the last one so yeah so there's a good so if you are in those places mentioned you will be able to go to a hit up a theater and watch uh the first couple of episodes of solo leveling which is going to be i think is going to be a pretty decent show from what i've read of the manga or the manhwa excuse me uh and we also have an episode count for the i guess first season of of the show it looks like it's this article says it's going to run for two cores or uh, parts uh in episodes and they're going is going to be uh let's see the first season will be will run between 23 and 25 episodes which is standard for a uh for a season run but uh the confirmed count has yet to be revealed according to this so but yeah that seems standard for an anime these days you know usually it's, it's either 4, 24 to 26 so that'll be good if you don't know the story of sort of little leveling is it is about um it's a world where uh uh basically dungeons mysteriously pop up and they have hunters go into said levels and hunters are ranked and the uh, solo leveling uh follows uh the story of one such hunter who is a low rank hunter the lowest rank hunter actually but ends up uh let's just say getting a, a, a level up upgrade by means uh, uh that may be familiar to video game playing folks so yeah seems like good stuff so far i need to read uh, i want to read some more of that but i also kind of want to stop and just watch the show when it happens next uh next january next up all right. So in interesting news, uh, for those people that don't like to flip between apps, Amazon will now let you access Crunchyroll's anime library right from Prime Video. So you can subscribe to the add-on channel for $7.99 per month. And the higher mega fan tier includes offline downloads. Bottom line is you get to you to access all of Crunchyroll without having to access their sometimes wonky app. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I am actually going through a situation now where it's like, wait, I could have sworn I had still had premium or something. So uh, if not, you know, see what's going on there. 
Yeah, their app is you know you know I use their app across multiple devices and it definitely is a little on the wonky side. Mm. Yeah, I usually use it on the, well, the PS4 and I have done it on the tablet a couple times, but most times if it's not on the PS5, excuse me, not PS4, but the PS5, um, I'm usually on the computer watching something here right. and there. I generally don't watch it on the computer unless I'm down at my drawing table. Um, I generally watch it on an iPad or my phone or on a Fire Stick, you know, on the TV. And sometimes I run into issues on the Fire Stick. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably a more of a Fire Stick thing. I'm not, you know, I don't because I can't say one way or another because usually apps on the Fire Stick can get kind of weird sometimes. Right. You know, I, I don't know that for certain, but just in general, it, it, there is. Oh, no, that's about. been my experience as well. I don't I, I don't doubt, you know, I, I'm not discounting that at all. I, I right. You know, you didn't hear me say a peep right. uh, about that, you know, in, in, in contrary to that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely get, you know, but, but my point being is that I use it across different platforms. Totally. So, but yeah, this is, this is another way to do that. And some for some folks, this is probably a good way to do it because I know there are people who bundle that stuff. You know, under on the video, uh, Prime Video, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a bad deal. Um, and actually, you can also check out their streaming. Uh, this is again, we we are not getting sponsored by Crunchyroll. This is a, a, a source and a means, or whatever. But there's also that streaming um, channel that you can find on on. Uh, actually, it's on Amazon now, also, uh, but also on Pluto TV and whatever that I've been kind of checking out here and there. <laughs> you know, where right. I'm in certain places, which is kind of funny because they're doing most of the dub stuff, which like boo. But um, there's been some interesting stuff, as I have shown ah. Agent 70, <laughs> a right. couple of which you, coming You, you know what's funny? That the second paragraph of this article mentions the whole buggy and annoying to navigate. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Even they know. I didn't even get that far in the article. Yeah, even they know. That's <laughs> funny. But it is true. So um, next up, though. Um, oh. There we go. Uh, Digimon Adventure 2 movie debuts four-minute watch. Uh, f- the first four minutes, excuse me. So, yeah, if you want to watch the first four minutes of that newest um, Digimon movie, go right on ahead. It's only four minutes, so, you know, that's just enough to make you mad, realistically. <laughs> uh, but, let's see. The sh- oh, apparently, uh, it is the, the movie as a whole is out in theaters in Japan. And there's going to be a U.S. and Canada Canada um, showing actually soon next week to be exact um, on November eighth and 9th, with both Japanese and English dubbed uh, subtitles being available um, uh, through Fathom Events. So go to you know go through your local uh, you know spot to see if you want to check that out. Uh, but I assume at some point it's probably going to end up on Crunchyroll shortly, somewhat after the fact. There you go. Next up. This worked out perfectly, attack folks. Exactly. <laughs> the Attack on Titan, the final chapters, part two anime finale is set to be 85 minutes long and it is dropping tomorrow, tomorrow, Attack on Titan tomorrow because it's going to drop in Japan on November 4th at, 
basically uh, basically on November 5th at midnight or November 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be 85 minutes long. Just have to try to figure out some time to, to to sit with my watch group and all watch it at the same bloody time over our uh, Instagram chat or our uh, our video chat. Right. It's, it'll be very fun. And then I'm gonna finally sit down and figure out which uh, which service I'm gonna subscribe to. I don't know. You know, like we act, I actually got. Uh, did we say? Did we talk about this? Um, when 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 uh, Wang and I, when Matt Wang and I um, talked about uh, New York Comic Con, that one of the one of my favorite booths was the uh, the, the the Manga Plus booth. The the oh yeah, Shueisha, Shueisha, yeah, the yeah. Shueisha, the publisher booth, because they had the hottest. <laughs> hottest booth employees <laughs> like my buddy malcolm and i were like our jaws dropped and we went in there and just talked to them and you know they you know they made us you know we downloaded the the the, the, the manga plus app and i haven't signed up yet but the manga plus app does in fact have all of the manga that i'd like to i that i want to read mm-hmm. so i'm kind of torn with whether or not i want to do this one or jump into Shonen Jump. Right. And then there's the question of, okay, once you finish those, is there anything else that piques your interest to that, that'll keep you there, you know? That type of situation. Right, right. right. I mean, I, you know, I, I want to read Haikyuu, I want to read, you know, some of the other stuff, but bottom line, you know, like, that was a bit of a, <clears throat> uh, a tangent there, but it's 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 valid because and, uh, you know, Attack on Titan, you know, is ending its anime run by completely adapting the story whereas some uh anime like haiku even though we are getting a finale movie that may like bridge the gap and cover like like multiple volumes like like maybe like 40 volumes in a movie right just to kind of jump you know jump forward um you know it's interesting that this anime has been completely adapted and i want to see how it all kind of shakes out manga versus anime so, right. uh, but in any event, uh, that is out this week. It's an exciting time. Um, I did in fact get, uh, two new attack on Titan shirts at, uh, I, I, I put them in the hamper. I should not have put them in the hamper already. Um, to wash, uh, uh, I got them from the new shirts from, um, uh, Uniqlo. Right. Okay. Uniqlo, the Uniqlo, we talked about it. We had a we had a story on it uh, before. Um, mm-hmm. Uniqlo put out uh, a, a series of shirts in honor of the finale of the anime uh, being podcast. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Now, I guess a real question before we go on is, what is going to be your next anime? New anime? Let me, let me put that phrase out. Rephrase that. That's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, I'm up on Jujutsu Kaisen right now. I'm, mm. I'm not up on this week's episode. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have to look at my list again and take a look at some of the new stuff that's dropped and see if there's something new, actually like new, new that I want to pick up. Right. You know, you know, one of the new things that I'm watching now is not all that new anymore. It's part of it's uh, the topic of our ne- the topic of our next story. 
Yes, indeed. And that is a Spy Family announces temporary uh, voice actor change for Anya Forger. And this is the uh, dub version, which has nothing to do with us because, you know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> exactly. We're just like, yeah, who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. No disrespect intended. No disrespect intended. I know there are people out there who love the dub version. Yeah. Not me. And dubs are better than what they used to be. Lord, as a as a long suffering anime fan, <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> dubs were not great back in the day. Who boy? Um, but yeah, Bryn April is temporarily taking over the role of Anya Forger uh, for season two's English dub. Uh, let's see, she is stepping in because uh, the uh, original voice actor, Megan Shipman, is on a maternity leave. So, uh, Congratulations. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and I guess they're still doing some stuff because, you know, episodes are still coming out. So, yeah, um, there is that. Cool. Next up. All righty. Uh, the highly anticipated final trailer for Spy Family Code White has finally dropped. Featuring Spy Family's main characters, Anya, Yor, and Lloyd Forger, alongside other important cast members. Um, so the Toho Animation YouTube channel released a trailer for the long-awaited movie, Late Sunday Night with Spy Family Code White, set to premiere on December 22nd, 2023. Wow. So that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched so, the trailer yet. Yeah, I was about to say, neither have I, and I'm kind of curious uh, to see how long it takes for us here in the States to reach to, to watch this. I suspect it won't be long, especially if they're already on. Because I think the they're the kind of already some simulcasting on Crunchyroll, so I suspect, or I'm thinking, it probably won't come too far after um, mm-hmm. uh, after it sh- shows on um, uh, in Japan. So, actually, wait. Does it say here actually? Because it. It does not. Okay, never mind. But yeah, I suspect it will probably it, it it may be shortly after. I don't know unless they're just going on some sort of movie thing, which I'd be surprised about. Anyway, next up though, uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War to recast Yoriuchi, uh, Yoriuchi, excuse me. Um, and there's been some little bit of hubbub about this lately because from what little I remember hearing about this, so. There was one point in that time they had brought back Wendy Lee, the original English dub um, uh, voice cast, a uh, voice actor for this character, which didn't sit right with some people because, and possibly rightfully so, because Yuruichi is a character of color and Wendy Lee is not a person mm-hmm. of color. So, and so, you know. Um, now, I don't know if that is still. A thing, or they, or the, that has been uh, changed. But according to this article, which is uh, from Randit uh, a week or so ago, um, uh, there was a voice voice actor who was playing uh, uh, the uh, Yuruichi, who is still playing another character, but will not be playing that character uh, Yuruichi uh, going forward. So. Uh, probably in relation to this. And I think, well, I can't remember if, if this was before that Wendy Lee news came out or after that. Um, 
being the case. But the quote here is like, hey, y'all, the studio and client decided to go in a different direction, so I'm no longer uh, voicing Yoruichi and Bleach uh, Thousand Year Blood War, and my recordings will be replaced. Uh, it means a lot to take on such an iconic woman of color. I appreciate all the love. I'll still be voicing Hayuri. So, uh, and that's from uh, Anaris Quinones, um, who apparently is also in Baldur's Gate 3, and uh, I feel like I've seen that name before. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, right. that is the thing. And, and more, more in a whole lot of who, because we don't watch the dubs. Well, right, right. <laughs> like some of these, well, some of these people I have I've known for you know because obviously some of these voice actors come up in other places outside of uh, uh, anime uh, anime dubs. But yeah, right. what he just said, said is, is the absolute right. truth. It's kind of it's kind of funny, you know, because I still have not, you know, I, I I've, I've considered it. My my schedule may not allow it. Uh, looking at my calendar for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I can make it to uh, Anime NYC for any days, because you know that, that's just the way my my calendar is uh, has has fallen this year. But uh, ultimately, I see the guest list is almost all. You know, it's not all, but so many of the dub actors. I'm like, eh, I don't know any of these people. You know, are we going for artists? Are we going for like art? You know, yeah, costume. Let's take a lot of pictures. If I dress up as a haiku character, I might, you know, get into a group shot. You never know. Yeah, but I guarantee you that I'm sure that I haven't seen the list, but I know there are some people that there are people there that people fawn over quite, quite uh, highly. Um, right. So, right, right, right. So, all right. Last, last but not least, in the anime news, Toei Animation has announced global expansion plans, and they plan to expand globally with offices outside of Japan. So, in a recent report, Variety confirmed. The plans to expand and the global initiative will begin in Europe as Toei Animation is looking to open an office in Italy. According to the report, other global offices are being eyed with locations in India and South America high up on the list. Currently, Toei Animation has a few overseas offices. The company has long had workers present in North America as well as Asia, Australia, Africa, and the Middle East. However, it seems Toei Animation is eager to expand those branches and open new ones. Okay. They said they basically said ship them all out. We're taking them out a whole new door. Yeah. So um, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, now we go over into the comic book news, and we find a nice little transition for comic book news. Uh, so this is a story uh, all about how my life got flipped on. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, different thing. No! Um, <laughs> uh, Titans Beast World will set up a new status quo for the DC Universe going forward, according to this article. Um, uh, Tom Taylor is writing the uh, upcoming event that is uh, surrounding the, the Titans, more specifically Beast Boy. Uh, I think we have, as we have talked about uh, on the show and uh I guess um, even behind the scenes, also as uh, uh, talking to talking about, but it says here that, um, you know, this article is um, an interview with um, Popverse, which is where the article is coming from. Uh, Tom Taylor lays out the the stakes for the upcoming crossover event and explains how the story highlights um, the Titans' importance at the core of the DCU, the DCU, and teases the big changes and risks. So, um, yeah. 
there is that. Um, uh, and the rest of it is just an, um, uh, an interview with Tom Taylor uh, speaking about that thing, which you can read yourself in the show notes. Next up. All righty. In official Marvel news this January, Marvel Meow makes its print comic debut. You can enjoy now Fuji's hit Marvel Meow Infinity comic series from Marvel Unlimited in print form, along with new covers and an exclusive new story. So in Marvel Meow number one, it collects that Infinity comic. And I'm looking for dates and prices. Um doesn't have but it'll be out in january so the closer we get to it we'll have more information yeah that's probably like 4.99 or something so yeah Yeah. next up though um meet power man the last living marvel superhero according quotes with the powers of hulk century and iron fist and um this is uh coming from this year's timeless um one shot Excuse me, which apparently is becoming a yearly thing um, because we've had them the last couple of years. The, the funny thing about this is like, despite the fact that they're, they've been coming yearly, they're all number ones. And I feel right. like at this point, this should, be, this, this should be number three, even though it's not a series. Right. You know, it's a one shot, not a series. So I get why they do that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's... Yeah, I, I absolutely easier. agree. I wish they would call it like Timeless 2022, 2023, something like that. Right. So, because that could be confusing. Like, oh, you mean that, that story from Timeless? Like, which one? <laughs> no, so, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but this particular one that is coming up is going to be surrounding uh, Iron Fist. Uh, or, I guess, a future version, of, excuse me, of Luke Cage, who has Iron Fist's uh, powers along with the other aforementioned one. Um, uh, I was about to say, is this why the uh, the second Power Man decided to change his name? Maybe. Makes sense, right? Or actually, wait. Actually, according to this article, it says, who is the future version of Power Man? And it, it, posits, it, it asks the question whether it is Luke Cage or Victor Alvarez or not. So, No, I was about to say, there was a, there's a recent backup story where, where Victor Alvarez decided to drop the name. Did he? Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I forget. it was very recent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Roddy Cat and I will do a little bit of research. And, uh, you know, actually, I might do a little bit of research um, after I do the next story and give Roddy Cat some time to take a look at this. Yeah. So, yeah. But basically, uh, so uh, if you don't know, the Timeless One Shots have been coming out uh, every year for the last three years, and they pretty much see the um, stories going into the next, the into the coming year at um, Marvel. Uh, some of which, like I said, our, earlier when we were talking about Avengers has already started to bear out, but some, the rest will be coming on, you know, or I guess, well, excuse me. Um, actually, I'm not sure what is, a, so so that's the thing about the Timeless books, is like, the, there's been a couple of them, it's like, okay, when is this going to happen? When is this other thing going to happen? Or when is this, and there's, I feel like there's still at least one or two things from at least one of those books that still hasn't uh, uh, come to pass yet. But, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, that's how these things roll, and you kind of get a sense of uh, what's coming up in the near future. So I'm not sure what's going on with this one, because I f- it feels like that last one just came out, even though it was 
<laughs> last, last year. December, right. So we shall see what else comes out of this uh, when uh, Timeless Number One, which is actually not being written by, and I think we talked, I know we talked about it before, uh, not being written by Jed McKay this time, but written by um, uh, former guests of the show, Colin Kelly and Jessica Jackson Lansing, with art from uh, Juan Cabal. And that goes on sale uh, December 27th. So I'm sure we will be talking about that. Next up. Right. So in some prose novel news, right, we have a reveal of a cover of what if Wanda Maximoff and Peter Parker were siblings. And so this is written by Sean McGuire, who we know as a writer of both comics and other uh, prose writings. And it's interesting that this is um, a concept. What if the Scarlet Witch and uh, Spider-Man were actually siblings as opposed to Quicksilver? So, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. So um, you can pre-order your copy before it hits bookstores on July 9th, 2024. Yeah. We've liked some of uh, Sean McGuire's uh, works inside, notably here in this article, Ghost Spider. Yes, and- yes, 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 yes. And I believe, I can't remember if we read Fearless. I think we did, but I don't remember that one. So, yeah. Uh, next up, though, uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane get more days, um, funnily enough, in Ultimate Spider-Man number one. So I think that is a, a take on uh, one more day, pretty certain. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we know Ultimate Spider-Man is coming up. And as we said uh, earlier, Jonathan Hickman is writing it with artist Mark, uh, Marco Cicchetto. Uh, and um, I want to say this is a kind of an MCU vacation, but not really, because <laughs> Spider-Man is a family man. And yes, we have seen in the pages in, in Spider-Verse that he has, you know, he has had a family <laughs> in the, out there in a in another uh, place. But this is uh, Peter and Mary Jane uh, with a family. Um. Uh, as you can see here from the cover, the the, the family picture, um, you know their 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 core family. Will the young lady end up being Mayday Parker? Will the boy be? I don't know if they even had a boy because um, we know the, we know they've had a girl uh, in in certain other dimension uh, universes, but we know they have a boy and a girl now. And in this particular universe, and uh, I guess this is going to be their goings-on in the pages of Ultimate Spider-Man, which goes on sale January 1st, uh, January 10th, excuse me. And yes, again, we will be checking that out when it uh, happens. Next up. Right, so this next story talks about something that was shown in Ultimate Universe number one, so we really won't talk too much about it because, yeah. you know, it's just go read the issue. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to take that out there because I wasn't sure whether we were going to get around to that or not. But next up, mm-hmm. um, I guess speaking of Timeless, first look at the cover to Timeless Light number one, um, which showcases uh, Loki. Uh, of all people but also this is one of those hey here is a comic book tie into a real world product as as happened with uh, comic books in the past most notably cars or other things in the past this one uh is i guess is the one that is um yes marvel studios and citizen so um 
Apparently, they have Loki-inspired watches made by Citizen. Uh, and is there a comic book component to this, or is this just... Yes, there is. Uh, of course, there is, because there always is, usually. <laughs> so, artist Mike McCone uh, depicts Loki surrounded by the Avengers on a cover of the recently dropped comic Timeless Number 1, which I don't remember seeing that comic being recently dropped, but it's probably on Marvel Unlimited. Um... So yeah, you can check that out if you're watching the video version there. I don't see any watches on any of them, but that doesn't stop <laughs> the the uh, product placement to uh, being shown somewhere uh, in the course of the story. But is it a full uh, length original comic by Paul Alor, uh, Carlos Reno, and Larry Molinar, where Lucky reflects on what it what's on what makes heroes. And blase, blase, blase. So yeah, you can check it out if you feel so inclined and you have the the um, resources to do so. Actually, wait. Does this say where this thing is? I'm pretty sure. Uh, it does not say. But you can also check out these watches, which are actually not bad. But who wears watches these days? <laughs> unless, unless there's a, as an accessory. Anyway. Um, I'm sure that's out there somewhere. It's probably out on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Check it. Next up. So, in this exclusive to CBR, Marvel revealed a first look at the new Thunderbolts team in action. So, this is the Thunderbolts team that's led by the now Revolution, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes, the former now Winter Soldier. So, this is a very MCU-ified version of the Thunderbolts because you've got a bunch of characters who um, obviously they've, they've, they've taken uh, different turns, especially under Colin and Lansing, who were writing this uh, Thunderbolt series in the pages of Captain America. So you've got, um, you know, the revolution, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes. You've got uh, uh, Sharon Carter, who is now taking on the moniker of the Destroyer, like an old, old Marvel character. So she is picking up that particular mantle. Uh, you have Black Widow, White Widow, Red Guardian, U.S. Agent, and Shang-Chi. So that is, by definition, a very MCU lineup. What a, yeah, what a weird makeup, um, <laughs> team makeup. Um, and also, we probably will not be using CBR much longer. Uh, because right. Of that. So, yeah. Move right along. Marvel confirms cancellation of a Star Wars series that it, surprisingly that it was still going on. And that is Star Wars Bounty Hunters, um, which, uh, if you did not know, came out of an event, a Star Wars event uh, from what a couple of years ago. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to go out in a bang at the end of this current um uh, event that is going on right now, which, by the way, there was a Star Trek, a Star Wars book that came out this week, but I didn't get a chance to, to read it. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, this says it's the explosive end of a saga. Violence to Bonnie Hunter has one final mission to complete, and it may be his last. Can he and the, uh, the crew fight their way past <gasps> Boba Fett and Jabba's secret weapon? The grand finale of the series that's four years, excuse me, in the making, apparently. <clears throat> Series lasted four years. That's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, this is this is Savage Avengers level. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 
Seriously, that's a because, good one. Yeah, because that's a good one. Because we have talked about how long Savage Avengers, which again another book that came out of a, an event that didn't seem like it was going to last much longer than said event, ended up lasting a couple of years, even a, a yeah. couple of having a couple of volumes. Volumes. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Like I started reading this book in the, in the beginning, and then just kind of fell off of it. It was like, all right, well, yeah, sure, it is what it is. Um. But yeah, there it is. It's, but January is going to be the. It's going to end with issue number forty-two. Um, so there you go. If you are a fan of that book, enjoy it while it's there. Next up. All right. So um, you can get your first look at new adventures starring Captain America, Iron Man, Photon, and Ghost Rider from December's Marvel's Voices Avengers number one. So this is a different take on the voices concept. So what they're having. Uh, in 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 celebration of the Avengers 60th anniversary, Marvel's invited all-star creators to tell stories centered around the Avengers legacy and mission. So, you know, you get uh, actor uh, Utkarsh Ambudkar and artist Tadam Gyadu uh, coming together for for an Iron Man story. Uh, you get Robbie Thompson and Sid Kotian teaming up to explore the American values that Captain America stood for and so on. So, Oh, and you get TV writer and podcast host Jason Concepcion, uh, formerly of, um, you know, currently with, I, I think he's still with uh, Crooked Media, but he used to be with uh, The Ringer doing, um, doing podcasts with uh, Mallory Rubin. So he's doing a story, a ghostwriter story. Nice. That's pretty cool. Cool, cool. I am going to do the next story, but I'm also going to insert a story uh, right here to do, so I won't have to worry about this for next week. Cool. Um, so I will do both of these. Uh, as I put it into the show notes. There we go. Bing. All right. Um, Venomous and Deadlier Than Ever, Black Widow teams up with Hawkeye in a new series. So, um, which, man, it's been a while since the um, book with these two. So, let's see. Apparently, this was announced uh, yesterday uh, as of this recording. and it says uh, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye is going to uh, have a book next year. It is a four issue limited series uh, written by Stephanie Phillips uh, with uh, Paulo Villanelli doing art. Um, and uh, I guess this is taking off after what happened, what's uh, going on with uh, Widow after being venomized. And I guess she was in that, was she in that venom? I assume so because of that. But yeah, that's how she got, I think. Right. But, you know, neither of us read it. So venom. Right. Um, which, is, yeah, I feel like I've seen rumblings of like she might have run into the, the current venom and things happened. I don't know. So, but yeah. So. Black Widow and Hawkeye going to team up again next year. And uh, Madripoor. Oh, wait, it says here. So, even when Black Widow and Hawkeye has no one to trust, they still had each other, even though their paths sometimes diverge. So when Clint Barton is accused of a rogue assassination attempt that puts the U.S. and Madripoor at odds, which also kind of seems 
uh, slightly familiar in an MCU sense, but we're going to keep on uh, keep it pushing. A symbiote equipped Natasha Romanoff thinks nothing of coming to her aid, but as echoes of their past uh, ripple into the present, it will take all of their faith in each other and the lessons learned along the way to protect our future. That is the quote from this Marvel article. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can check that out uh in march 13th of next year and we will probably be checking that out next up so um, oh i'm I'll sorry i'll take this next one i'm sorry I'm, I'm taking oh this please one. thank you <laughs> video Marvel's, game stuff yes. i mean listen folks i love the video game stuff but this is roddy cat's domain <laughs> so apparently um Marvel's Spider-Man 3, which has not been announced yet, but Spider-Man 2 is out and currently flourishing on the PlayStation, has been teased as, quote, Avengers Endgame, according to um, probably someone at uh, Insomniac. So, oh, yes, Brian Inthahar, former um, video game um, uh, journalist turned turned, uh, um, (laughs) video game uh, dev. So that's a that's a pretty come pretty good come up. Speaking with kind of funny games, Brian Inthahar reveals that he and his team has uh, have a roadmap for the series that is set out uh, roughly eight years. That's been set out for roughly eight years now. However, over the years, this roadmap has changed, and not all of it has changed. But it sounds like the end of the roadmap, players will get their Green Goblin showdown in epic fashion. Or I guess alluding to. Uh, I guess possible spoilers for Spider-Man Two and going into Spider, what could end up being Spider-Man Three, which I guess you know, hey, the first Spider-Man also kind of teased some of this uh, or some of this, but um, anyway, Intahar does not confirm Green Goblin will be the big bad of the next mainline game, so that is what everyone is expecting, especially after uh, what has been teased. So, okay. Uh, there's a quote here. I will tell you that the character has uh, been about the start of every game. Uh, um, uh, think about the future, not saying anything. This will be the thing. Spider-Man 1 was, and Miles Morales was, uh, was their Iron Man and Spider-Man 2 was their Civil War. And it's time for Endgame. So that'll give you uh, kind of a reference to what they're going for with uh, with this trilogy. So The first one's good. I still haven't finished it. The second one has been giving getting rave reviews by people who have watched it or who who have played it and i look forward to get around to it whenever that chances and of course that miles morales one so yeah good stuff get a chance to play them play them they're good or at least uh, from what i know right now next up next up so uh fourth generation jewelers east continental gems has announced uh october 26th as the public opening of their limited time new york city store ecg concept located in soho at 26 mercer street for the first time ever you can uh see you can purchase a piece of marvel history with ecg series of authentic infinity gems inspired by marvel's infinity stones in person okay that's listen man if, if you if you ball like that good for you right but also these these uh the things that got them on just like speakers and I'm like I don't know how to feel about that but hey you know like yeah you know, like Agent Seventy said go for it if you got a glove to go along with it more power to you I guess yeah seriously um uh, now we're getting over to the toy corner a little bit more properly with um 
excuse me, Hasbro reveals new Star Wars toys, including a Mace Window Black Series 2-pack. This comes from, actually, and this and the next couple of stories, I think, comes from that uh, Hasbro Pulse event that was on um, October 27th. So, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's a Mace Window and Clone Trooper 2-pack. Paz Vizsla is a Cassian Andor figure. Also, that has been announced... Uh, yeah, it looks like that was it. I saw an article which I, I might have actually duplicated here, so might not need. To, I might need to take something out. Yep, I do need to take that out uh, because that pretty much talks about what I just talked about. But yeah, so that's from the Star Wars side. Next up, uh, Marvel Select Archangel X Men figure it was revealed by Diamond Select Toys. So. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, 29 and it'll be here in the second quarter of 2024. Yeah. I'm not a big Marvel select guy. I'm a legends guy. So, mm-hmm. but next up though, uh, next up though, Oh, actually, before before I even mention this, sorry. There, if you go to the clickbait section, and I told H S M this earlier, there is a product unboxing for the Ahsoka um, uh, line of toys that, that was announced with the stars of uh, Star Wars uh, Ahsoka. That being um, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, Natasha Liu uh, Bodizu, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So nice, uh, a treat for the eyes and ears. Um, next up, though, Marvel Legends um, figures were announced at, uh, like I said, uh, at that uh, event and London Comic Con pre-order details. Some of these are—I don't want to say questionable, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I don't know what Agent Seventy says about it. So we have here Tombstone. Um, spider shot. I guess I don't know that one. Uh, and a Hollow's Eve uh, figure was announced, but there's also a green. Well, yeah, there was a Hobgoblin. I'm sorry, Jack Lantern. Excuse me, Scarlet Spider, and um, uh, wait, who was another spider figure? I don't know this one. Last Stand. Was that Last Stand? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a storyline, you know, Spider-Man's last stand. Right, and, but I, that's probably one I didn't didn't read. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, and this article, and there's also, um, uh, um, uh, looks to be a uh, No Way Home uh, inspired, uh, I don't know, if this is, a, is this a two-pack of Doc Ock and the Goblin? Green Goblin looks to be the case. Uh... And of a bunch of other figures, figures uh, from the MCU side uh, that was uh, that is in this uh, article, and uh, I guess this article is also littered with links to uh, pre-order <laughs> pre-order links of which I'm sure they mm-hmm. have uh, a sponsorship with. So, but yeah. hey, that is out there. You can check them out, and there are no prices to be said. But we already know what the the standard prices of these things are any who's and legends. I was going to say legends have gone up in, in price, but basically they're 25 bucks. Right. 
So, I don't know. There's a couple of figures. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I will get any of these, but sure. Right. I mean, listen, for fans of the, the movie ones, you know, people love, you know, some people love those movie uh, figures. It's true. So there were three Star Wars product reveals during the 2023 Hasbro Pulse Premium Members event. And um, there oh, wait. is a vintage. What's that? Uh, yeah, you can actually wait. I need to. I, I was supposed to take that one out. Sorry. Oh, you want to take it? All right. So I'll skip that one and go yeah. to the next one. Uh, so as part of this year's annual Hasbro Pulse premium event, a new Ghost Ghostbusters HasLab campaign was launched, offering fans two of the franchise's most iconic gadgets. And I saw this. I was like, of course, this is going to fund. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to fund. Right. Playing on a quote from 1989's Ghostbusters 2, the crowdfunding effort is entitled Two in the Box, comprised of a ghost trap and a PKE meter with both being designed using scans of screen-used props and carrying a heavy list of features from light-up LEDs to multiple modes that celebrate previous films. And of course it funded. Of course it funded. Mm-hmm. There's no way that wasn't not... With all the people that still cosplay as Ghostbusters, there's no way this wasn't going to get funded. <laughs> Indeed. No way. Indeed. Um, yeah, at the time this article came out, it was 80% of, of reaching this goal. So, yeah, it was it was inevitable. <laughs> no way. How do you, you know, like, this is easy peasy. This is obviously going to sell. Mm-hmm. I, I, and you have until December 11th to get in on this, folks. So I'm pretty sure... That the stretch goals, if not all of them, most of them are going to be met. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Uh, and it looks like, well, I guess these are the, um, yeah, these are the unlocks uh, that they're noting here. Right, right, right. So, at 12,000, you get uh, blueprint posters, some sticker sheets, uh, you know, some ESP cards, and a screen accurate 84 no ghost patch replica. Mm-hmm. At 15,000, you get a ghost trap holster, and you know you need that. Right? And you get a HasLab patch. At 18,000, you get a PKE meter holster. You know you need that too. Of course. And a mini puff uh, logo patch. So come on, y'all. You know, listen, there's so many Ghostbusters cosplayers so many that's like a constant yeah and and with that because a lot of those um you know kind of did their own stuff up until now and probably some of them still probably will um but yeah this is this the buried the entry for that is uh, a little little lower and actually i'm looking at the page right now and uh it definitely made that last um uh stretch goal already I figured. Yeah. It had to be. It had to be. I mean, the Proton Pack just blew up, you know, absolutely blew up. That Proton Pack was just, you know, they exceeded all expectations with that. Oh, wait. This is the Proton Pack. Hold on. No, no, no. You're looking at the Proton Pack, probably. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, that, that, that far exceeded. Far exceeded. You want to go backwards and check out, um, you know, that one. That was crazy. 
Look at that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, okay, no, I'll stand corrected. So, but still, yeah, so this the two pack is at 12,000. So, um, right, so it's already locked, it's already unlocked the first stretch goal, right? And like Agent 70 said, you still have uh, another 38 days, uh, to uh, to get in on this. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it ships before you need it for your next cosplay because it's not going to ship until late fall of next year. But hey, you know, it'll be worth it for the people that cosplay Ghostbusters, I think. Indeed. Indeed. What's next? Um, We got Transformers news, folks. United Magmatron Silverboat Code Red official reveal from said uh, Hasbro Pulse event. Um... Let's see. Magmatron, which is one that I've not heard of. I think this is probably a Japanese one. Uh, it's 89 bucks uh, with a July 2024 release date. There is Beast Wars Silverboat, which is a pre-order to be announced in Wave 2. So that's probably going to be sometime next year. And there's going to be a Stranger Things uh, t- t- um, crossover with Transformers with Code Red. Which is forty four ninety nine and uh will go on sale um will be released excuse me November of this year. So normally I'm all right with I'm good with those uh with those, those crossover vehicles, but I'm not a Stranger Things fan. Or I, I let me phrase that I shouldn't say that I have not watched Stranger Things, so you know I can't I, I can't uh, put anything on that one. However, Silverboat might be one I might end up getting. We'll see. Because I don't have any Beast Wars characters. Uh, but uh, there you go. Next up. Okay. Um, you get a first look here at Transformers Rise, Starscream, and Bumblebee 2-pack. So this is from uh, Toys R Us Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly enough... These are uh, first, first looks at these. Okay. Yeah, they don't look bad. We're in weird relation. Uh, I've been watching a little bit of Transformers Prime, the the the, the series that kind of is kind of set around the uh, the Bay movies verse, mm-hmm. a version of the movies. Show's not exactly as bad as I, I thought it would be because I kind of slept on it because of, it was the movie version. So I might have to go actually go back and revisit that. And in relation to movies, which I'm not looking forward to doing. Of course. <laughs> anyway, um, Ravensburger uh, announces Disney Lord Canada's plans. So, yeah, y'all know that Disney Lord Canada is, or some of y'all might know that Disney Lord Canada is kind of hit big and you can't, kind of can't find stuff. So, they're, uh, Ravensburger is planning reprints, which if we may have talked about this before, but they still have more plans to do. Um, uh, more reprints for the the first wave that have come out and going into the second wave that I think is coming like sometime next year, uh, in addition to some other plans, uh, some other stuff that they're dealing with, which great because I would like to find some. That would be great. I have seen some people that I didn't know that I was interested in to find some, and I, I have not. But, hey, I'm glad it's doing well. Next up and finally... With a vast comic book collection, USC aims to be top for comics research. So in the last four years, literary classes and library exhibits at the University of South Carolina have had a novel edition, the comic book. So that's interesting. Because when I saw USC, I was like, Mm -hmm. 
California? I know you did, and everybody does, because as uh, as I was talking to uh, uh, um, uh, former guest of the show, Sanford Green, who is also a, a right. local here, no, the only people who know US, uh, University of South Carolina is USC are people that are from here. Right. So, which is where I am. Um, but yeah, I, I, funny enough, I actually also saw this, even though I saw where this article came from, which is a local paper. Um, but yeah, apparently, uh, uh university of South Carolina is trying to amass a big, uh, uh, comic book, uh, collection. And, um, I would actually love to go and see it. <laughs> I don't know if you can. Wow. But then... Right. So Gary Watson started the collection in 2019 with a donation of 18 tons of comics, mm-hmm. magazines, and pulps he had amassed since 1958. Goodness gracious. Right. Yeah, the donation valued at about two point five million dollars spread the word that the USC library was a home for comics. Wow. Oh, it says here that Roy Thomas uh, of uh, Marvel Comics fame gifted his uh, personal collection uh, to yeah. the university this year. So that's cool. Uh, according to this quote in the article, we're definitely a top five school for comic books. I don't know if that's a claim to fame you want, but hey. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad one to have, personally. You know. Um. So yeah, the library at the beginning of this year, thirty students, faculty, and community members had a chance to get up close and personal with the comics. The library hosted a bag and board party at which participants sifted through boxes (laughs) of these historic comics, stabilizing them in archival plastic slips as they went. Oh my god, I would have, I would have freaked out. That was something that I did that. That I got paid for when I was in college. Bagging and, had, and boarding. And had um, I known about this, I would have very much would have wanted to be a part of this myself. So that's crazy. So that's yeah. crazy. I I had one of my college jobs was at a comic book store, and that was one of our jobs is to bag and board stuff that had been stored um <clears throat> without bags and boards for mm-hmm. years. So we went through boxes and boxes bagging and boarding. Right. I wonder, I need to, I need to find out, um, whether it is, I don't know if this is a publicly available, uh, collection, but I know some people I can talk to, or at least I used to, I don't know if I still do or not, but, um, and the, there's a, a, a professor that is, uh, is over this that seems familiar to me. I don't know her, but, um, yeah, this is, this is. This is all cool, regardless of the other. And the fact that it's here locally to me is like, hey, you know what? I I, I appreciate it. I would love to see this collection. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I can get a chance to do that and report back. We'll we'll see how that works out. And with that, folks, that is uh, the end of our news. Uh, can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night. You know we've been at this for a while tonight. It's late. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. 
And with that, folks, we come to another end of another show. Uh, we're going to reiterate a couple of things here in that next week we will be going on Movie Protocol for the Marvels. Yes, looking forward to it. Get your tickets today. Let's let's support this movie, you know, because there's some silliness out there. So, yeah, and uh, there's definitely going to be some silliness going into it uh, for certain. So that needs to be combated. Um, I'm yeah. looking forward to it because I, I was, um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, this for a couple of reasons. Uh, so same, just, same. Yeah, we shall see how that works out uh, when we talk about it next week or as much as we can next week, uh, whenever right. we re- plan to record. Uh, and also folks, don't forget to set your clocks back, uh, this coming Saturday. If you get, if you happen somehow happen to watch or listen to this, um, before Sunday or before Saturday night, going into Sunday. Uh, yes, we're, we're this is a daylight savings time. We're back on. We get one extra hour sleep and then yada yada yada. You know what the deal is, unless you live in um, Arizona, which you don't have to worry about this. <laughs> Lucky you, I guess. Uh, so with that, uh, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNestNew on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, PC. Uh, why did I do that? Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Threads. Threads. PCN underscore dirt. Oh, I see why I did that because it's sitting right there, flashing at me. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is on the umbrellas either in. I need a cough button. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and last but never, ever, ever least, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, Pop Culture, oh, excuse me, whoa. Um, uh, CB Cron on Twitter. What the hell am I doing? Let me scroll away from that. Um, huh. CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, uh, news, uh, oh, Lord, I am all kind of discombobulated now. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, uh, theclicknation.com. Um, excuse me. Uh, but last and definitely never least, he's over at comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off. You might be back writing his face off. I believe that's the case. Yeah, because I saw him promoting something off the site. I don't know that I don't know whether he wrote it or not, but uh, um, it seemed uh, like it. It seemed like it. So yeah. I'm gonna touch base. You know, you know, it'll, it'll be good for us to touch base with uh, our uh, co-host and, and and see how everything is. Right, and in the last minutes for Swerve, unfortunately, I um, actually am going to show something really, really, really quick that I keep forgetting to oh. show in the last couple of weeks, in the last three to five to X amount of weeks um, that I got here. Let me see. I'm oh, but Toy Corner, real quick. Yes. Uh, can we do this? Yeah, we got it. We see it. There we go. So, yeah, my West Coast Avengers uh, box. Um... Flip. There you go. Come on, find it. There you go. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I would drop my, my green screen, but it's still kind of held back here, so I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I got it. I have not opened it up, as you see, but uh, most of my favorite wackos are here. I already have a Hawkeye, so I, I think I'm good there. Don't have a Wonder Man yet, uh, but... Um, but I got the rest of them. So, in fact, I guess I got two versions of at least one of them. <laughs> Not that I think about it. 
Because, yeah, that well, excuse me, two versions of two of them, now that I think about right. it. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, so if you can see, uh, let's see, da, 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 there we go. There is the, the retro tigra that I have. And, of course, there is the other tigra that is uh, on this box. Similar, but they have different head sculpts uh, or different alternate heads. Actually, the head right. sculpts are slightly different uh, also. So, I guess there is a case to keep both. Or not. Uh, but, hey, we'll see, we'll see what happens with those. But regardless, hey, I'm, I'm happy to have gotten this. And plus, I love the cover because it's, it's um, you know, I, I, if, you, if you've been with us long, uh, long enough, you know that uh, the, the wackos are my favorite. So, and this cover uh, is an homage to the beginning of that. Slightly different because you know Doctor Pym was not on was not on that uh the original cover, or right. or um uh Julie Carpenter Spider Woman either. But you know, neither here nor there. At least they didn't do Force Works. Anyway. Uh, oh no! I'm sure there's probably going to be a Force Works set coming. Shout out to Century. Yeah, right. The other Century at that. No, no, not Century, but Century. Century, yes, I know. Um, That's so, so funny. So, I mean, technically, this power set wasn't that much. <laughs> wasn't that different from, from, from Century, so... Uh, yeah. I really want to revisit Force Works, but the the nineties, the 90s, everybody. Yes, yes, indeed. And with that, folks, um, uh, we bring you to the actual end of this here show. Uh, like I said, see y'all next week. And uh, stay tuned for to our um, social media for when we record. It will most likely be on next Friday, just like tonight. And um, yeah. We'll be talking about the Marvels and Loki and Invincible, probably, and uh, whatever else we get into uh, during that uh, during that show. And with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace, peace, one. I love it when a plan comes together. Mm-hmm.